Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Well, it's a great and beautiful day again here in Seattle, and we're talking about food. One of the many things I love about food, and there aren't many, I will tell you, is that it it brings everybody together. It's something that unites us instead of divides us, and that is one thing that we all need at this time. And my guest today is Angela Grabaz, and Angela... Um, as many of you already know, she's the owner of Goldenrod Pastries and Goldenrod Pastries by the Bay. She's been called one of the most influential women in food and drink by Food and Wine. She's been featured in USA Today, Martha Stewart Living, many, many more. She's out with her new cookbook, Perfectly Golden, and it, there's no really better time to be releasing a cookbook like this. And Angela, we really thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and talk with us here in Seattle today. Oh, this is so exciting. And you're totally right. This is such a good time to talk about food. And it's such a positive, happy thing. And it's a way that we really can unite people and bring people together, whether you're actually together or virtually together. It's such a a good way to come together. Well, you know, we were talking about this a little before we came on the air, you and I, that, you know, baking and cooking, getting people back in the kitchen, especially right now in this time, it brings back really good memories to people. It it invokes these, you know, endorphins in our mind that make us happy and joyful and calm. And so many people are back in the kitchen right now because basically where else are we going to be and and food just <laughs> makes us happy. So it's a wonderful time for the book to be coming out. And it's, I totally agree. And for me, those endorphins and being in the kitchen is something that I always feel and something that I'm all, I've always felt. And it's so fun for me personally to see people um, in the kitchen, to talk to my friends. I've been kind of a running a little helpline from social media and just with my friends of people writing in or texting or calling and saying, hey, I'm trying this kind of recipe for the first time will you help me? And I was like, this is amazing because you are doing something that I know I love so much and be able to share that. It's huge. And we've been doing some um, Instagram live baking sessions for uh, Perfectly Golden, my book that's coming out. And it's really cool to see the interaction of people who are baking for the first time at home and using yeast for the first time. And it really is a cool time to be releasing a cookbook because you, people are just ready and eager more ways to spend time in the kitchen and I love it it's so fun to watch absolutely and and you know and and I know when when you love something you want everyone to love it too you you want them to experience the same thing that that you've been experiencing all this time and you're just waiting for the opportunity for people to I guess maybe slow down which is one of the good things that's come out of this you know you always try to find some type of silver lining that we are home and we have slowed our brains down a little bit and we are returning to what you already knew was was something that that sparked joy and you talk about it being inclusive baking. And I wanted you to kind of talk about that because I thought that was really a great term for the way that you set up your, your cookbook. 
Yeah, so um, the subtitle of the book is actually Adaptable Recipes for Sweet and Simple Treats. And so what that means and the inclusive baking idea is something that's really, really important to me with um, goldenrod pastries. So I started as a blog in 2014 because I couldn't eat dairy anymore. And as somebody who'd been working in the food industry since I was 15 years old and um, had been baking at home since I was, you know, as early as I can remember, treats are so important to me and being able to eat cake and cookies is so important to me. And when I stopped being able to have dairy, I was just shut out from this world that was so important to me and provided me so much joy. So I knew that I had to find a way to bake for myself where I still felt good. And so I started this blog and I shared a lot of information about and recipes about baking dairy free and vegan. And I started receiving questions through social media and on my blog about like, well, I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska, where I'm based. Um, and they're like, I'm in Lincoln. I am gluten-free. I have had to be gluten-free since I was six years old. I haven't had a, a donut in 30 years. Is there any way you can help me? I my son hasn't had a birthday cake his entire life because he eats this way or that way. And so I was like, wow, this actually isn't just me. And I think that for me, when I couldn't eat dairy, I realized that a lot of food was really exclusive and going to restaurants became very exclusive. And I couldn't enjoy the things that other people at the table were enjoying. And so I wanted to find a more inclusive way to do that. And so at Goldenrod, at my shop, um, we are almost entirely dairy-free, gluten-free, or vegan gluten-free. And I think that that just invites so many more people to the table. And especially now, I think the more inclusive we can be, um, no matter what that means and no matter what area, it's, it's so important. And so the recipes in this book are tailored and tested to be made either traditional with dairy and gluten, or you can make them dairy-free, gluten-free, or any combination of that. I never even thought about somebody not having a birthday cake before. That's, I mean, that's so one of the basics, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And we hear that all the time when people come in to order cakes. They're like, wait, so I heard from a friend that you can actually make a birthday cake that's dairy-free. Is that true? And we're like, well, yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, my son, has, my daughter, whoever has never had a birthday cake. It's like, okay, well, that's actually where, this is why we're here. No kidding. Oh, my gosh. That, see, just, just that alone is just, it's just absolutely miraculous and something that I had just never even thought of. So, I mean, what, what, a, what a wonderful, wonderful thing for, for somebody to have. Is, is this your first official cookbook out? It is, yep. This is my first cookbook. How long did it take and how hard was it to, to put it all together? Because it's very, very well done. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, actually, it was pretty quick. I, I, it was about two years from start to finish. And I think that usually first cookbooks especially are a little bit longer timeline so that you make sure that you have the longer timeline for all the photo shoots and the recipe testing. But we actually had a very quick timeline for this, which – I love, I love to move quickly. Um, and it was a lot harder for me than any other project I've ever done. So opening a bakery, I would say that was far easier for me than writing a cookbook because when I'm a chef, I love being in the kitchen. I love being with people. I love the camaraderie. I love food. I love eating with people. Like I'm just a very, um, I love to share food and be around people. And so this is a very solitary process. It's very 
became very lonely for me, actually. But I've done it with my mom a lot. She helped me a lot with editing and testing and kind of talking through some of the concepts. And that was one of one of the highlights for me. Yeah, and now it's like you've come out of that cave and there's so much response and everybody wants to be a a part of it. And you're very active on social media. And I wanted to ask you, how important has social media been for you? Social media helped me launch my entire business. So I started, if you go far enough back into the Goldenrod Pastries Instagram feed, it is actually my personal Angela Garbutt's Instagram feed uh, because one day when I was working through the blog, I realized that, that Goldenrod Pastries had the potential to become so much more than, than what I was doing. And so I transi- transitioned my personal account over to Goldenrod Pastries. And I would say the bulk of my business grew because of social media and Instagram in particular. I really tried through the whole process of building the first store in 2015, I tried to really bring people along through social media and show them the ups and the downs and showing them like the genuine excitement of installing my ventilation hood, which, you know, was the most expensive thing I've still ever purchased in my whole life. Um, And just taking people on this journey that was for me an actual dream come true. You know, I had been the only thing I ever wanted to do in my life was to make food for people and to have a bakery was, you know, the first step of that. And then to have a cookbook was the next step. And so I think that really being open with people on social media and sharing that journey and that vulnerability of the whole process of the failures and the exciting parts, like was so important. And now with launching the book, and especially since we are a hundred percent living virtually now, I think, I mean, my business would be really hard to do without social media. Yeah, for sure. That's, you know, one great thing that social media has brought is it's taken away that sense of isolation that that I think that we would have felt had we not had social media during this time where we're all basically all combined to to our our little literally our little corner of the world, you know, whatever that that looks like. But how great was that for you to work on this with your mom? And we have Mother's Day coming up, you know, in, in just a few weeks. And to have that experience, did you actually get other mom and daughters commenting and interacting with you when they're having these baking experiences as well? So one really special thing that happened this weekend, and there are some customers who I first started interacting with at the store in 2016, and they had moved to Lincoln from uh, Brooklyn. And the the dad, the father of the family, he is the vice principal at the high school that I went to. And they're just a really sweet family. And their daughter has really, really severe um, egg and dairy allergies. So they come not only because, you know, they like the food, but their daughter is one of the very few places that their daughter can eat. And um, I've just had a really grown to be very fond of them. And we have a strong attachment. And I was getting ready to go on Instagram live this last weekend with a baking demo and the mom Teresa sent me a message and said, the only way we could get our daughter to go to bed last night was because we promised that she could watch you bake on Saturday. And (laughs) so I had all of these buns that I had made and I dropped them off on their doorstep. And as I walked away, they came outside and said, hi. And, you know, it's really cool to see, see them together. And I had some other messages this weekend from some some women who had been baking the recipe I posted over the weekend and then they called their grandma or they called their mom and got other tips from them. Like one woman's grandmother suggested the next time she makes yeast dough, if it's in the summer, you can just put the dough in your hot car and it can rise out there. 
And I immediately called my mom, and I was like, Mom, we have, I, we have not thought of everything. This woman's grandmother <laughs> has this brilliant idea. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, it's been fun to interact with other, other women and the women in their lives, too. Well, and, and that's what's so great about baking is, is, is and, and cooking both, but they, they bring so many stories and they're so rich with family history and family lore and family. I, I know I have my great grandmother's um, uh, beef jerky recipe and on it, she had written, uh, be careful uh, hanging it outside because of bears, you know, so oh my gosh, <laughs> she had written that down in her own little handwriting way back in the 1900s, you know, but it's just little oh, notes wow. like that, that really, you know, of course, I don't worry about bears at all now, I, I still never made that beef jerky, but, but I, uh, but I love that that she wrote that in there you know and yes. um and and that the I, I have these little links to her through through her recipes since she isn't here to share those stories but I, I think that's just one of the great things about baking is that somebody can feel free to comment to to you like that and have that that connection and not feel intimidated to share that with you I totally agree. And so actually one of my favorite parts of my book is an essay that my mom wrote. It's at the very end. And I, the only prompt I gave her, she's like, well, what do you want me to write? And I, I just knew that I wanted something from her. And I said, well, I want to know, I want you to write an essay. I think it'd be really great if you would write something about your experiences cooking with strong women in your life. And my mom is a journalist and a technical writer by, by training. And um, so it's very factual and I'm a very emotional writer. So it's cool to see the different writing styles, I think. And she wrote a lovely essay just on her experiences with the different women in her life and what they taught her and the different skills and the time of year that they would, they would make different things. And I just think that is such an important thing for us to remember. We need to have the people in our lives who we have learned from write down their memories because there are so many things that, I mean, I tried to be very diligent with both sets of grandparents and grandmothers, especially to ask them and record the things that they made and the experiences they had. But to have that in print for me personally is invaluable for my mom. And I think that I hope that that will be a really kind of an inspiring reminder for people to get the people in their lives to write down their memories or to write them down for them. Well, the cookbook is really, like I said a little earlier, so well done. I love the pictures in it and, I, and I'm a picture person. So when, when someone shows me the recipe, I like to see what it's going to look like or, or the process yeah. of that. And, and you've done that along the way. And another thing I really love about it is you did not leave out my favorite thing chocolate there's lots of chocolate in oh, here good. and I love chocolate there's many other things too but I was so happy to see like the chocolate fender cake and chocolate buttercream and chocolate ganache and there was so there's many a lot of things. chocolate <laughs> and I love chocolate so I was really really happy to see that and there's so many great things of course um here at our house we also like lime and and you had the lime um, mini tarts. Uh, we do a lot of uh, things like that in, in the summer because they're so refreshing. And you have a, mm -hmm. a part in the book where you call it, you do you. So um, I want you to kind of explain that to everybody because 
again, it's it's part of this inclusive baking theory that that you've so well kind of introduced us all to through the book. Sure. So each recipe has a little little section at the top corner of the the page that says you do you and there's a little checklist that goes through and it um, says vegan dairy free gluten free or traditional and then there's a little checkbox and it'll be marked off for you um, what this recipe and is or how it can be made with the substitutions that we put in the recipe so for it's a little bit redundant because almost every recipe can make, be made any of those ways but I think it's really important because like for me, when I am looking through a book, I don't want to have to read the whole recipe to know if it's something I can eat. I wanted people to just at first glance, look through, look at a recipe and say, oh, okay, I see I, my eye goes to the word gluten-free. Okay, is that box checked? Perfect, I can make this recipe. And I think that when we are eating with certain um, restrictions or preferences, our eyes always go to those words first. So I wanted to be, make it very, very clear for the people who do need or choose to eat that way, what they can make from the book. Well, one of my favorite things in here, there were so many, I had the whole thing like, you know, like pigeon deer, the whole, the whole, oh, dog ear, the whole, whatever, um, the whole way through, but the fluffer nutter buns, I mean, <laughs> it looks as good as it sounds. That just... Do you make these in your bakery as well? Yes, we do. We have a rotating bun schedule, and we make those on Thursdays and Saturdays. And it's actually what I made on my Instagram Live on Saturday, and people were just like, wait, so you're just spreading peanut butter inside of that dough? And I was like, <laughs> we're just spreading peanut butter in there. So, like, it's a yeast-raised it's a yeast raised sweet roll dough, and um, when you – roll it out into the rectangle like you would a cinnamon roll dough instead of spreading a fat on it like butter or crisco um what have you you just spread peanut butter on it and that is the fat replacement for the recipe and then we sprinkle brown sugar on it and roll it up like a cinnamon roll and cut it kind of on a bias and it's just a super fluffy bun where peanut butter is just oozing out of the the swirl on the side and we cover it in a oh, super lovely vanilla glaze that kind of acts as that like marshmallowy vanilla element of a fluffernutter. It is truly one of my favorite things that we make. Oh my goodness. It is so, it is so indulgent. It's funny because over the weekend when I was prepping for the show, I was making my notes and uh, I was, uh, my husband came in and he sat down in the chair across from me and uh, I handed him the cookbook. I said, well, I, I want you to look through Angela's book and just because he's the cook in our house. He's, he doesn't really bake, but, but he, 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 he loves to cook and grill. So I handed him the book. I said, I just, you know, I, I just want your thoughts and, and, um, and, you know, if there's anything that I missed. And so he, he really looked at it for probably, I don't know, 45 minutes or an hour. And he closes the book. He looks at me and goes, I think you need to become a baker. <laughs> and I said, I said, uh, well, that really wasn't where I was going with it because there's so many great things in here. And I said, but you can make them. And he goes, well, I do the cooking. He goes, I think you should take up the baking and you should start. Oh and he wanted the fluffer nutter buns. <laughs> he goes, and I would start yeah. there if I were you. And I'm like, I don't know. It's I don't a good know. place. It's a good thing start. we don't live in Lincoln. <laughs> We'd be there all the yeah, time. It's a good place. I think that one thing too about this book that I really like, and I hope it's like effective for people who are maybe starting out baking is I try in each recipe to really give some like overall tips. So like, if you're like, I want to make this fluffernutter bun, but I've just actually never made like a yeast dough before. 
I tried to kind of, I tried to imagine that somebody was, the reader was in the kitchen with me and tried to talk them through kind of the same way of making something that I would train my bakers on. And, you know, I'm not a person who uses timers or exact temperatures. I wanted to teach people what you should be looking for in your dough or what you should be looking for when the product is baking. So you can kind of take some ownership over it if you say like, oh, well, I followed the exact 45 minutes of this step of the recipe, but this thing that they say should be happening isn't happening. Well, you're in a totally different kitchen and everybody's environment is a little bit different. And I think it's really important for people to be successful and have confidence in the kitchen to learn what they should be looking for instead of just following that exact timeline. And I know the timelines are important and they are in there, but I want people to have the tools and the resources and the knowledge to be successful in addition to those numbers. Absolutely. Because that's what keeps bringing them back and back and really sets people up for that success. And and you have in here the hummingbird cake. And that's something that I grew up with. Um, My parents originally from, from Tennessee, from the South. And when I was young, my mom was, she, she did a lot of baking and she went to fairs and put her stuff in the fairs and won prize ribbons and stuff like that. And, but, but then there came a time in her life when she just flat out quit. Like she just doesn't make it anymore. And I was talking to her on the phone and I'm like, you're never going to believe I saw hummingbird cake. And she goes, I haven't thought about that in years. And I said, I know. I said, and now I have a recipe for it. Cause she, she said, I don't even know where the recipe for that is. And I'm like, well, I just happened to have it in this cookbook that I got um, perfectly golden and it has the hummingbird cake recipe in it. So we both got a laugh out of that. And it, she started so thinking, she goes, yes, I need to make that. So there's just, so it doesn't just, it's not just chocolate, but um, there's a lot of wonderful, wonderful recipes, but there is a lot of chocolate for people like me and the bourbon pecan pie. Oh, that's, I, uh, I can't wait to make that because of course being having Southern parents, I grew up with pecan pie and yeah, you, you can always make it better. Put some bourbon in there. Just add a splash in there. The, the hummingbird <laughs> is actually a cake that my mom has really latched onto. And she, um, since she helped a lot with the book, she has a lot of the, had a lot of the recipes ahead of time and she has been making hummingbird cake. I feel like, I don't know, at least every four or five weeks, she's sending me a picture. She's like, made some hummingbird cake, one for, like, she made it in loaf pans. She's like, one for now, one for the freezer. I was like, man, I, I'm so glad. I would never have guessed that would be the recipe that really stuck with you, but I love it. Isn't that something? So you can actually freeze it? Oh, yeah. And I try to give some instructions in the book, too, about, like, how you can store things. So you can really freeze just about anything that you make and that's outside of this book or otherwise. And um, so you can make the layer, the hummingbird into a layer cake, or you could make the the cake into loaf pans and then you can pop those in the freezer, wrap it in um, a plastic wrap or foil and pop it in the freezer. I always recommend whether you're um, freezing a layer cake or a snack cake, um, freeze it in slices. So then you can take out a slice at a time. I am very impatient. If I want a treat, I'd like to have it right now. Um, and so I like to put um, my treats in the freezer, either like buns, if they're, uh, if I'm freezing buns, I'll put those in the freezer one at a time or cake. I'll just do slices wrapped up individually. And then you can pop them out when you want them. 
that's a good idea. And then you're not tempted to eat the whole thing at once because it's, it's right. all out. You can just proportionalize it. Yeah. That very, that, that's, that's, that's a great idea. I wanted to ask you five questions about your favorite things so that people might get okay. to know you a little bit. And so they're, 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 they're super easy and, and, and you might have more than one favorite and, and that's fine too. But I wanted to ask you what's your favorite baking memory? So I would say my favorite baking memory um, was when my grandma Garbett taught me how to make the peach coffee cake recipe that's actually in this book. And she taught me how to make her dinner rolls. And it's the same dough. She used a sweet roll dough for both of them. And um, I, when I look back on it, I realized that, you know, I really had to, I really had to convince her to teach me. And I think it's because she knew that once she passed on the knowledge of those recipes, that meant that maybe she wasn't going to be the one making it anymore. And she mm -hmm. waited for a while until she really physically was having a hard time making them when she taught me. And so the rolls came first because that was more um, straining on her hands to tie them in the knots. And um, when she taught me the peach coffee cake, I kind of, it was a very, um, it was very emotional for me. I knew at the time that it was something I would remember forever. And, um, making it no matter when I make it, even if it's, you know, I'm just so stressed at the bakery, we're running late, whatever, have a long list of things to do. When I'm making that, I always think of her. And so that, that is probably my favorite baking memory. Yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. That's really beautiful. What's the, your favorite piece of advice that someone's given you along the way? Baking or otherwise? Um, just in general. So my parents told us a lot, and they live by this motto, get up, dress up, show up. And I got so tired of hearing that when I was growing up. They were like, okay, <laughs> it's another day. Get up, dress up, and show up. And um, I think about that a lot because, you know, when you're opening a business or starting a new job, whatever you're doing, but when I was starting Goldenrod, there were days where I just felt so overwhelmed. And, you know, I was starting out. I was the only employee. I was so tired, and we got some negative online reviews, and I could have just thrown in the towel and just stopped going in. But I thought about that and I was like, okay, all I have to do is get up, dress up and just show up at work and figure out how to do another day. And I think that especially now with everything that's going on in the world, I think about that a lot. It's hard to be running a business right now. And if I just remind myself, you know, these three simple steps, I just pull myself out of bed, put myself together and show up to work, do what I need to do. You know, you've gotten yourself through another day. Everything falls into place. That 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 was really a, a good piece of advice from this. And and I'm sure at different points on, in in your life that has had different kind of meanings maybe or or had more impact yeah. than, than other times as 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 you've had different points in in your life and more life experience. Absolutely. What's your favorite kitchen tool? My favorite kitchen tool. Um, I love a great chef's knife. I mean, I ha I know that's a pretty general thing, but I am a big fan of a great knife and pastry chefs get a bad reputation for not loving um, nice knives. But I, my current favorite is from um, Material Kitchen and they just make a really high quality, not super expensive chef's knife. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not completely surprised you said that because people in the business and, and, and if you're not in cooking and baking 
you know, this, this was a huge realization for me when I, when I got to know more chefs, how important knives are. And I've talked to chefs who've been homeless before, but they always had their knives with them. Like, like in their little (laughs) like pack of like worldly possessions in their backpack were their knives. It's so, so, so important. And once you do start really getting around the kitchen, all of that makes sense too. Very important. And we do, I would say if you're a home baker, just to kind of give another angle of that, if you're like, well, okay, a chef knife, do I need that to bake from this book? No, I would say the most important, my favorite and tool that we use the most for so many different reasons at the bakery is a bench scraper. Get yourself a good bench oh. scraper and a plastic, like flexible bowl scraper. And those are two things that you're going to be using a lot. And we do have a supply section of the book that kind of maps some of that out too. Great. Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. Um, your favorite thing to bake for others? Oh, I love to make birthday cakes. It doesn't matter <laughs> who it's for or what kind it is. Just if it's a birthday cake made out of cinnamon rolls or an actual traditional birthday cake, oh, I love to make a birthday cake. And whether I'm eating it with them, handing it off to them at the store or leaving it on somebody's front porch in this day and age, um, I think that a birthday cake is one of the most satisfying things for a baker to make because it makes somebody so happy. And you would be surprised how many people do not get a birthday cake, whether their (laughs) friends or family haven't thought about it or they can't have it for X, Y, or Z reason. There's a lot of people who don't end up having birthday cakes. So if you know somebody who's having a birthday, whether it's just making a tower out of cookies, you should make your friends a birthday cake. Absolutely. If, if we've learned nothing else today, we have learned the importance of a birthday cake. I had no idea. So yes, we have. Were not, <laughs> I had, had no idea so many people weren't getting birthday cakes. I'm going to call my mom later and I'm going to tell her thank you for all my birthday cakes because she has right? really yeah. always been good and I've taken them for granted. So, And this book, Perfectly Golden, it, it is no excuse not, not to give somebody a birthday cake. And the last favorite thing I, I had for you before we go is, do you have a favorite fan moment? Wow. Um, that is a great question. I, well, I would say that I was a huge fan. I am a huge fan of the pastry chef, Carolyn Schiff. She's in Brooklyn and I reached out to her to do a project together for Cherry Bomb. And when I reached out to her, it turned out that, that she was a fan of mine and I could not even believe it. And I was just, so honored that she knew who I was at all and that she wanted to work on something with me and so I would say when for me when a a peer has seen what I do or knows what I'm doing that is just such an honor to me oh yeah absolutely well the book is called the cookbook's called perfectly golden and it's perfectly relaxing perfectly blissful and it'll just it'll just make you perfectly happy. And I am just thrilled, Angela, you were able to take the time to come on. I know you're super busy. Um, I, I, we went a little bit longer than, than what I had told you we were go, but it's just so great to talk to you. And I just really, really appreciate it. The book's going to be available wherever bookstores are, uh, wherever books are sold. So try to visit your local bookstore, just like your community bakeries that, that we're trying to support independent bookstores uh, community bakeries are, are in that same category. We wanted these are you know thriving right now. We really want to keep them going, especially in this time. And then we want to support the people who are who are bringing these um, 
these recipes to us. And Imperfectly Golden, you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, of course, wherever books are sold. And it'll be out um, April 28th. It makes a great gift. Mother's Day is coming up. Cook with your mother. And I'm sure Angela would like to see it on her Instagram or on her Facebook or Twitter or however you want to reach out to her through social media. Um, What's the best way for people to reach out to you, Angela? I would say send us a message or tag us in your pictures at Goldenrod Pastries. And I just would love to see what you're making from the book. And, you know, I, I'd love to answer any questions, as many as I can get to in our direct messages. So at Goldenrod Pastries on Instagram. And I hope that you love the book. I really do. And I hope that it helps you make a lot of really special memories. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on. The book's called Perfectly Golden. And we'll be right back. 